Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. Wow, that was good. DIY Money. I'm trying. I don't know. I'm experimenting. That was fierce. That was fast. People who are listening to it on like 2X. Why would you listen to this on 2X? We already speak fast. Or just a podcast in general. No, no. I understand some podcasts. Holy cow. Listen to it on 4X. But 4X. 4X. (laughs) Because DIY, no one's going to get that. No, no. But we are. Uh, Foreign exchange. Foreign exchange? Yeah, that's just currencies is what was that what that what that refers to. What you talking about? What you talking about, Willis? All right, come on. <laughs> what are we doing? Let's get on on point here. Welcome back. We to used DIY to get reviews money. about how we got right into the information. They loved it. Now we yeah. Now we're, we're selling out to our own banter. No, okay, here ahead. we go. Um, welcome back, DIY Money. Thanks again for making us the number one uh, budgeting podcast on Apple and iTunes. And we need to climb on personal finance. I think we're two or three or four, something like that. We need to jump up. Um, give us a review and uh, let your friends know about the show. We're very excited about that. All right. Uh, check us out on Insta, DIY.money, DIY Tribe on Facebook, all the goodness. But right now we're going to go to Chad, who's got a pretty complex question about housing costs, which I like a lot. Let's visit this. Chad, what do you got? DIY! Hey, Quentin Daniel. This is Chad from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a big fan of both DIY Money and Tape Talk Radio. Love what you guys are doing. As a first-time home buyer, I have a two-part question, both parts focused on monthly housing expenses. The first part is, what do you guys think is the best method to calculate your monthly budget for housing expenses? The costs I have in mind are principal and interest on the loan, property taxes, home insurance, PMI, HOA fees, and utilities. I have seen some online sources say you should not spend more than 30% of your gross monthly income on housing, but what do you guys think? The second part is, how much of your income should you count on for these housing costs? In a case where your income is based on a base salary plus an annual performance bonus, I figure a conservative approach would be to rely only on the guaranteed base salary. But would you guys consider it okay to factor in a portion of the performance bonus as well? Looking forward to hearing what you guys think. Thanks. Okay, this is a this is a very very good question for a very interesting time period that we're in, where housing prices are exceptionally high, rents are exceptionally high. We might see that adjusting here uh, in the coming years, or maybe not. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's adjusted quickly in New York recently. Well, for sure, and then it could it could adjust other areas. Chad's in Atlanta. Uh, which is not adjusting. Their their prices are still s- significantly um, high based on historical standards. But uh, asking, I think, for some general rules of thumb. So what do you got for Chad here, Daniel? Yeah, there's a couple of good points in here. Uh, so I'll try to touch on them and feel free to, I know usually I go and then you go, but feel free we can banter back and forth because there's a couple of good ones that I think we want to hit on. Uh, so first, the rules of thumbs. You know, we, we give them a lot of flack on the show, the rules of thumbs. You know, the 30% rule, 25% rule, things like that. The 30% of gross, uh, was it 25 or 20% of take-home pay? They're good, but here's kind of where they're 
the rule of thumb falls apart is it doesn't incorporate the rest of your budget. It doesn't incorporate what other debt that you might have, student loan debt, auto loan debt, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think a lot of it comes down to first doing your tracking, getting your budget set, figuring out what makes your budget unique from other people. Do you have to eat out more or choose to eat out more? Uh, is your clothing budget a little bit more expensive because you work in a professional job? Uh, things of that nature. Do you have to travel more, et cetera? So there's elements of your budget that are going to make that rule of thumb just sort of different. Some people are also going to live in just more expensive areas, and they might be in jobs where the salary isn't commensurate with that more expensive area. So I'm talking about places like Denver, uh, where we've done financial planning for at times with teachers, uh, for instance, in Denver, who, you know, they're in the school system. Housing prices have gone up ridiculously. Or San Francisco, uh, New York, places like that, where it, the, the salary of public workers doesn't always adjust as quickly and so um, as sort of housing prices and so forth. So you really have to do your budget. The rule of thumb is not going to be fit for everybody. But those are good sort of lines in the sand to try not to cross. Because as you cross that, as you spend more on housing, and you have sort of a fixed amount of income in any given year, it's your salary plus your side hustle plus your bonus, whatever it is. But it at some point is for that particular year, it's fixed. You can increase it over time. But the more that you spend on housing, the less you're going to be able to spend on everything else. Things like saving for retirement, paying off debt, food, etc. So those are good lines in the sand. I think the more that you come under those, the happier you're going to be, as long as you can find sort of the house that you want that has the things that you want uh, and so forth. So start there, work backwards, find what works for you, but definitely have done the tracking and looking in your budget. If you need help with that, talk to a financial coach or financial planner to get a plan done. Uh, it's going to be a small cost compared to the overall cost of buying a house. I Okay, so I have very very little to add. You did an exceptional job, uh, and I will take you up on your offer to kind of banter. Um, when people ask me, you know, just in passing, I, I typically tell them 30%. I said, you know, the general rule of thumb, and I quote someone else's rule of thumb. I don't necessarily say it's our rule of thumb. is 30% of your gross income, uh, and, and that keeps you, you know outside the danger zone per se. And the danger zone is when you do that rough calculation and you say, oh my goodness, it's 50% of my gross income, then you're going to run into a problem if you lose your job. I mean, it's going to be it's it's going to be harder to pay down debt. It's going to be harder to put that emergency fund to work. I mean, it's just going to be more difficult. Um, I do have a question though. In Would you calculate or would you utilize, he, he talked about uh, principal and interest taxes, insurance, HOA fees. Uh, he also threw in utilities there. Would you, would you add utilities to the home uh, expense or would that be just part of the general budget? Um, I mean, they are a home expense. So yeah, it helps if you put them in there. Because uh, if you don't put them in there, they're, they're just going to roll over to the other part of your budget. So you're paying utilities one way or the other. Should they be included in that rule of thumb percentage? Sure. Why not? It's going to keep you from overspending on a house, really. And it's going to make you think about the size of the house, even if you get a great deal on a house or a rental, incorporating the utilities, uh, and especially you know the type of utilities that you're using there could help you steer away from getting something that's too expensive. I think it's going to be difficult. Um, I see the point. Um, I think it's going to be difficult to keep it within that 30% when you factor in the utilities. And I'm not saying, oh, just then just cut it and now you're good to go. But I think that you're going to, you know, you're going to pay utilities. Um, and you talked about buying a home. So uh, buying a home, you're going to have utility payments whether you rent or you buy. And again, as Daniel alluded to, you might have greater utility payments if you're owning a larger home, et cetera, or some things aren't included. Um, 
Um, I personally wouldn't wouldn't factor that in. I would factor that in as just your overall budget. Um, I would I would work backwards and say, okay, here's my principal and interest, taxes, insurance, HOA. Lump it all together. Um, divide by 0.3. Um, and again, th- th- is it correlate with your salary? Uh, if not, then we got some problems. Uh, or it's just say of some problems, but then you, you're going to start to enter the danger zone, right? Um, the second thing is, uh, and, and again, why this is an interesting subject matter, I will just touch on it and then we'll just leave it there. But, uh, you know, you're more than likely getting a loan. You talked about um, PMI, which you want to try to get rid of as uh, quickly as possible. That is principal mortgage insurance if you don't have a, a 80% loan to value or 20% down. Um, but the reality is, is that if your interest rate is lower than your principal and interest is uh, lower as well, thus we're in an environment where that incentivizes people buying homes, right? Because again, they're, they're, the payment is lower, thus they can afford a home or more home uh, for the current salary that they are in that can work against us if we are in a rising or higher interest rate environment. And that's also why the theory is, is that when that happens, the housing price is correct. Um, Not to go down a macroeconomic road, but don't think interest rates are going anywhere anytime soon. Now, flip over to your other question. Do you think, Daniel, he had mentioned base um, or uh, and or performance incentive as well. What are your thoughts on him calculating the cost based out of these uh, two buckets of, of income? So here's what I like to do as far as salary when it comes to housing with people is be really honest about the trajectory of your salary. Uh, so what are the prospects? If you are, for instance, we'll go back to sort of the public sector employees, um, you know, who are working in school systems or government jobs who are on a pretty steady cost of living increase every year. You know, you can pretty much figure that your salary today is going to be pretty reflective of what you can afford. However, there are people in industries that are fastly growing. Uh, they can move around quickly. Their degree and job is maybe in, in high demand, at least at the current moment and the foreseeable future. And you might be able to, to consider you know, going a little bit above today's salary if you can make the budget work and so forth. So now when it comes to bonuses, what I like to do is, is really try to use your salary and as the sort of the rule of thumb measure and then use the bonus for things like extra savings, uh, for the discretionary things that you might want to do, the stuff that you might want to add into your budget that are uh, sort of wishes and wants, not needs. So budget that uh, sort of salary around the things that you absolutely need in life so that if that bonus were to have to go away because of a recession or just a tough time in the economy, or if we hit a tough time in the economy, you had to move to a job that didn't pay a bonus, but you, you're kind of worth that salary, we, you've kind of established yourself at that level that you can still afford the house. Now, here's the one instance where I would sort of recommend that we add the salary into the price, is if you spend a couple years building up in a savings account a buffer that sort of incorporates the amount of that bonus that you would use to pay for your house. So you create a sinking fund, and you put money in there, and you're paying part of that you know, mortgage or, or part of that budget out of there, and each year your bonus comes in, you're replenishing the amount that you paid, such that if that bonus goes away for a year or two years, you kind of have that buffer there, and you're not totally out of luck as far as your housing expense goes. And just to clarify, he meant incorporating your performance or your bonus into the salary. So um, yes, that's what did a, I say? Sorry, your salary into the equation or something like oh, that. That's my bad. Um, Want to co- talk about two dangers? One, um, this idea of well, I've got to buy something or else I'm renting and throwing money away. Uh, we have a blog post on our website diymoney.org that actually goes through the mathematics of buying versus renting. 
Um, I think it's a great testament to that uh, math. Daniel is currently renting. Uh, he owned a home. They sold their home. They're now currently renting and looking. Um, but the math, this idea of gotta gotta buy because I'm I don't want to throw my money away. If you run the numbers, it's not always the case. That's number one. Number two. Um, if you are still in debt and you are paying off debt, get creative and keep your expenses as low as possible. I know it's more difficult now, but I can't stress enough. When my wife and I first got married, we moved into a, a little dinky fixer-upper. I mean, it was... I think we paid $55,000. I know those are not available today, but, I mean, we we just lived way below our means because our priority was paying off debt, building for the financial future. Fast forward, we have our dream home now, um, but it would not have been possible if we not made those sacrifices early. So, so many people have this idea that they've got to, we're in this insatiable, got to have it now society, and if you can ward that off, if you can push those 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 desires down the road, um, not in not indefinitely, uh, but if you can if you can push those off, take care of the immediate financial needs now, you will be much much better off. All right, that's a great question, Chad. Hopefully, we gave you some tidbits of of, of information that that's helpful there. Uh, all Chad did was send us a, a voice memo to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. And now he will receive a $25 Amazon gift card. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your questions aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.